You are listening to a Whitebridge Baptist Church sermon podcast. Well, you've heard some stories this evening from different people, and uh, several in our church family have been able to go to West Bengal, India, or to Bolivia, or to Garden Hill. And uh, we have the privilege of being on the front lines to see some of the people that God is changing. I'd like to tell you a story about the picture of the two people that you see behind me, particularly the woman. Their names are uh, Jaime and Marina Goitia, and they're from Bolivia. And the story I'd like to tell is a story from the life of Marina when she was 17 years old, which was probably in the late 1940s or the early 1950s. They lived in La Paz, her family, and they were part of the Church of the Prado, which was down on the main avenue. And uh, during the Easter services that week, uh, she and her mother had attended this evening service. And while they were inside, uh, unknown to them outside, there was a a hailstorm happening, very fierce, and uh, so much so that the hydro lines had come down in various neighborhoods, and uh, they had to kind of create a a rescue kind of mission. So they called in the military, actually, and um, various soldiers were at different places in the city just to guard and keep people away from live wires that had fallen and so on. The text of Scripture that the visiting missionary, uh, Hillier, preached on that evening was from Mark chapter 15, verse 31. And it's a passage that uh, you'll know about, maybe because you've read about the story of Easter. Jesus is hanging on the cross. And various religious leaders are mocking him because they think that he didn't accomplish what he said he was all about. And one of the things that they say in that verse is the words, he saved, he saved others, but he cannot save himself. He saved others, but he cannot save himself. That evening, the pastor preached on that scripture, and Marina was, as a 17-year-old girl, listening to that. She was a Christian, and she heard that. And it was somewhat impacting, but she walked home that evening. And as they left the church building down on the Prado and had to walk up a a very steep hill to the neighborhood of Miraflores, it's called, they realized this was a terrible storm outside. And they saw soldiers along the way guarding and helping them. And when they got one block from where they lived, there was a a young soldier that was particularly helpful. He, he took them by the hand. He, he told them, stay away from that, that wire and so on and so forth. And, and they got past that dangerous section, walked one block, and they were at their house. And Marina told me that, that when they stepped into their yard and were just about at their door, they heard a terrible scream. And, and uh, she walked out of the gate and she walked down. She ran down to the corner And there on that intersection that that had been just passed, this soldier that had helped them had accidentally touched two wires together and was electrocuted on the spot. And she watched him die. And she was standing there helpless and crying. And then she walked back to her home. And as she walked back to her home, she thought of the message that she heard that evening from the pastor. He saved others, but he could not save himself. That evening, Marina Goitia decided that she was going to give her all to the Lord Jesus Christ. She was not going to look back. She was going to be fully dedicated to Christ. And this is the same woman that just a year or so later, 
uh, entered theological studies at the seminary in Cochabamba, very first woman that had ever entered there, and she began to study and prepare. She met her husband there, Jaime Goitia, and uh, together they had a lifelong ministry of serving the Lord among the Baptist church. It's incredible that in, in, in the life of Marina Goitia, God punctuated the lesson that she had heard that evening with a powerful experience. And you know, sometimes I think that's what God does in our lives too. He takes, he takes circumstances, he takes events or happening around us or to us, and he punctuates a lesson of life and discipleship that we're meant to learn because of, 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 of walking with Jesus. And you know, it's interesting, I, I, I was reading about the word punctuate, this past week. It's from a Latin, and, and in Latin it means to point or point out or to interrupt. And the idea is this is just like punctuation in a letter, uh, in, in, a, in grammar, uh, uh, a period interrupts the sentence, the flow of words. And, and that's what God's punctuations do to our lives as well. They interrupt, they point to something, they, they stop us, they accentuate, they draw our attention to something important to learn. And when we think about Christmas, we can't help but think that God in his incredible wisdom of his plan of salvation was punctuating the love that he wanted to share with humanity. God is love. We read about it tonight in four languages. For God so loved the world that he gave. And he wanted to punctuate that message of love He could have devised any other kind of plan of salvation. He could have devised a plan that completely entrusted it to his apostles and prophets throughout the Old and New Testament. He could have had them bring the same message that we preach about turning from sin, that we're sinners, that we need a Savior, that we've offended God, and that we need to be made right with God, and that Jesus is the only way, and so on. We could have done that. He could have done it in other ways, but instead, he punctuated the message of the love of God and the grace of God by sending his Son, coming down into our world, Entering our messiness. And so the love of God that's being spoken of in John 3.16 is a messy love. It's not a love that's at arm's length. It's a love that gets dirty. It's a love that comes down and, and ministers wherever the need is. That's the love of God. That's the incarnation. The incarnation, the birth of Jesus Christ, the God-man, is a punctuation of God saying, I love you. I love you. How could he express his love any better than actually coming to be a, be a human, entering our world and becoming like us so that we, through his mercy, could become like him? The rescue mission that was sent out by the Bolivian government on that night long ago in La Paz failed to save one of the men that was sent out to execute it. But you can be sure that the the rescue mission that God sent his son Jesus Christ on did not fail. The, The religious leaders that looked up at him on the cross and said, he saved others, but he cannot save himself, were so foolish to say that. Because we know from Scripture and from knowing the Son of God in our own lives that he could have called down a legion of angels. 
He could have done whatever. He could have snapped his finger. He could have thought a thought. And instantly, the Father God could have responded with a, a legion of angels that could have lifted him off and struck his enemies. But he chose to stay on the cross because of, of love and because of the rescue mission that God designed. God punctuated his love, not only with the birth of his son, but with the death and resurrection of his son. And tonight, as we are on the eve of Christmas, as we are getting ready to leave in a few moments from this place and go to be with loved ones and be with family and friends and and celebrate Christmas, before you leave, I just want to pause for a moment. And I want you to to think about what, what lesson, what message God is wanting to punctuate in your life, in your life tonight. You've been going through life, you've been walking it through, and there's some kind of messiness that God has said, I'm trying to get your attention. I want to enter into that messiness with you. I'm not a God of arm's length. I want to be with you. Emmanuel, God with us. And tonight as we just pause for a moment, I would like to pray for you. And as you bring to your mind the messiness of your own life or somebody else that you know, And I want you to just bring that to your mind, and I want to pray for you, that God would meet you in this evening, in this messiness, in that circumstance, and that through that, He would punctuate a message to you that's very personal, and that you'd receive it tonight and walk out of here knowing God more intimately. Let us pray. Oh God, our Father, we we worship you tonight for the incredible incredible love that you accentuated, you, you punctuated on the evening that Jesus Christ took human form, was born in a manger. We want to thank you, O oh God, that in your grand design of salvation to lift sinners out of the mess that we, we've made for ourselves, that you, O oh God, did not fail, but that in sending your Son to the cross and through that to the resurrected life and a new life, you are right now at the right hand of the Father, Lord Jesus. And we, we imagine you there right now interceding, praying for us as individuals. And Lord, even as we have heard tonight the, the scriptures read in various languages, we think of you, O oh Jesus, as being the hope of the nations. You're the hope of Garden Hill and Bolivia and India. You're the hope of Canada, Jesus. And we believe in you, and we, we, we acknowledge you and worship you tonight. But we also, Lord, know that you're the, the hope of our own messiness as well. And so, Lord God, we would ask you tonight, we would invite you tonight to come down into our place. And, Lord, that you would come into our hearts and into our lives. And we would offer to you, Lord, the things of our lives, and that you would punctuate your love in a profound way for all of us sitting here tonight so that we would know more intimately, more experientially, more clearly, more really that you, O God, are love and there is no other like you. Would you minister your grace tonight and would you remind us of your incredible love this Christmas? For we pray it in Jesus' name. Amen.